If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply felt discouraged or even defeated, if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then this podcast is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. We are welcoming Rita Ferugia. She is a self-care, self-love, and happiness expert. Rita is the founder and CEO of happybeingwell.com, which is a wellness e-commerce site devoted to providing organic self-care products to amplify your wellness so you can be happy being well. So they have a mission of being the number one self-care community in North America. Rita specifically has a mission to awaken people to their love teaching them how to reprogram their subconscious to align with truth through creating a daily self-care practice. It is through a commitment to daily self-care practice. We can eliminate the noise of the world, stress, anxiety, and our rapid thoughts. Happy Being Well offers the tools, products, free educational resources, and inspiration. And she also has a podcast, which I have been on. Highly encourage you to listen to that and use this in our daily spiritual and wellness practices. Welcome, Rita. Thanks. So happy. (laughs) Yeah, Carissa. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here. It feels like just yesterday that we, I was on your podcast. Mm-hmm. I know time has been flying super fast. It really, truly does feel like yesterday. Like time just <laughs> flying. Like I feel like the year. Like I feels like ever since the pan, ever since the the p word started. <laughs> like it's like a year is like a month to me. Like I don't. I don't know. Time has just gone by so fast. It's just super. Like it. It just makes you pay. It just. It just like you know. We really can't take our time for granted. Like it's like every day matters. Every moment, every moment matters, you know, that we have like, cause it just goes by so fast. So we might as well make the most of it, you know, every day that we have. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. And, and sometimes when I'm even talking to people, uh, all of a sudden I'll realize it's been an hour and it just feels like two seconds or 30 seconds. It's just, really interesting. It's like time is collapsing for me. It's like fascinating. So we were talking about coffee earlier. I was like, what are you drinking Rita? And how, so are you drinking coffee and what do you put in your coffee? I put uh, stevia and I put um, almond milk. So I put non-sweetened vanilla almond milk. I love my non-sweetened vanilla almond milk. Addicted. Yeah. I love my stevia. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like you make your own latte. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it tastes delicious to me. You know, um, I just, yeah, I just, some days I just have some coffee. Um, don't overdo it. And I make sure I'm super, super hydrated. Like I make sure I drink a lot of water. 
Mm-hmm. And, and what do you typically recommend uh, for people who are drinking coffee or also applies to tea, you know, caffeine can sometimes, um, make you a little bit more dehydrated. Like it's a diuretic. How, how much water to the coffee do you usually drink or recommend? Well, they say that you were supposed to drink eight glasses of water a day. So that I aim, like I, I just drink as much water as possible and I herbal teas in the evening. So that kind of helps with my water intake, like drinking chamomile, I love chamomile. I usually drink chamomile in my evening. Um, That's a great de-stressor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and so with the coffee, do you, um, do you do drink it every day? Like what, um, what is your routine? I'm going to say I, I work every day. So <laughs> I pretty much drink coffee every day. I would say every day, like at least one, I, yeah, at least one cup, um, at least one cup a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, okay. So I want to explore the question. Do you believe we have the power to reduce stress with self-care? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I just remember, you know, going through, like we were never really taught how really to deal with stress. And like, I just know, like with my life journey, like, you know, a big chunk of it really was, you know, in school university and, um, and, you know, being, being young, I remember, I think dealing with stress was like, okay, exams are finished. Um, essays are done. Okay. Girls we're hitting the club, right. To kind of get all of that, um, pent up nerves or stress in our body from worrying about our grades and constantly mm-hmm. sitting and being locked up and cooped up and that pressure, um, we would just release it on the dance floor. I remember that. And it, it felt like it was always a release. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we get to have fun and we're smiling and we're dancing, like the dancing. I just remember just, it's like a, it's like a workout, but you're doing it with friends and there's joy and there's like a celebration, you know? So I just remember like, I remember feeling like that was a stress relief and then it felt good. And you go back into the school setting. Then we get into the workplace, which is a completely different dynamic. Yeah. And you're, and with the dancing, you're talking about college or high school? Um, university. Yeah. Yeah. University. Well, that was the last phase of school for me was university. I can't even, not going to even bother hitting the rewind button back into high school. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, okay, forget about that. Yeah. High school. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, yeah. So Because I did that too in university, you know, I, I, it was all about, I mean, I was an athlete too. So that was also a de-stressor for me is working out, but I would just party hard and work out hard and just like everything hard. (laughs) It was just like, go, go, go. I mean, I would work out too in university as well. Um, but I think from the conditioning, the, I grew, I was, I grew up, I'm a millennial, so I'm my time when we were going through, you know, our young days, we were, I don't know. I just remember getting messages from the media that it was cool. Like it was like, you know, when you have your free time, you go out with your friends, like that's cool. It's cool to always be, um, 
you know, doing things with your friends and hit the hottest club or whatever. I just remember like, I like that was my conditioning looking back and, you know, we go to Cancun and we do, we did all the things yeah. that we saw in the movies. Right. Where did you go to school? I went to school at McMaster university. In what city? In it's near the Toronto area and in Canada. Okay. Um, yeah. It's one of the top universities in Canada um, in Hamilton. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I was just wondering because if you're going to Mexico, that's nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, we did the Mexico thing, the Florida thing, Mm -hmm. mainly Mexico for whatever reason. It was always Mexico. It was always the place. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So, so I see you're kind of like comparing that time of like, that's how you would just naturally de-stress, like go on vacation and like party and dance, dancing. Yeah. That I remember that. And I remember sometimes just wanting to be left alone from, uh, guys like hitting on us and stuff. We just wanted to be together. Um, and I know that could have been frustrating, you know, being in a bar or wherever we'd be at a party or something, but it really was, uh, to let loose. And maybe it was getting all of that out of our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most importantly, it was part of like, we were conditioned to, I mean, that's, just, I just, I didn't think, I mean, this is what we do. Like, this is what we do when we're young. And so we party when we have yeah. the free time. This is what we do, right? Um, so now getting into now adulting, now we have real jobs and now, I mean, no one, and then there's all these different personalities that we're supposed to work with and then we're dealing with bot, and then, you know, now it's work, it's no longer, it's a completely different dynamic. It's, it's a completely different, you know, world than university. So no one really taught us. I mean, I didn't pick that. I, no one taught me. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I didn't learn anything in the movies about how to deal with stress as an adult or, you know, it just wasn't really showcased in the media. Um, I remember Oprah was really popular. I did watch Oprah and, you know, she did cover stuff like, um, I don't know. She just, she touched on things. I remember she would like interview like serial killers and stuff like that. you know, and she would have, um, he was actually a really good book author. I can't remember his name, yeah. but he would touch on psychological concepts mm-hmm. of like, he always bring on people with marital problems and they would talk and say things like, yeah, I married, you know, I married my, my childhood trauma, right. Type of thing. And I mm-hmm. think like, I don't know. I think that we would hear these things and I, you know, I would hear these things and it was like, totally shifting gears over. We didn't, so it, we, we, we were not taught how to deal with stress. Number one, number two, I think as a collective, um, we're still talking about things that Oprah was showcasing in the early 2000s and nineties that we're still talking about, but I feel like it was kind of like just Oprah or maybe a few others in the media that were kind of bringing it up, but we weren't really getting it. Now in today's culture, it's like everybody's talking about it. We have more voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we still need more voices because it's still, you know, people are still grappling how to deal how to deal with stress, how to release stress in a healthy way, 
how to release their traumas. How do we identify traumas? How do we, like, we're still on as a mass collective, like really learning, but most importantly, kind of understanding and trying to um, really truly live authentically, you know, being happy, being well, like we're still in the learning phase like because it's because we're still just, you know, we now there's celebrities with podcasts basically talking about these things about their therapy sessions and what they're learning about their childhood traumas and uh-huh. you know, all the indirect covert messages that we're sending ourselves um, in society that really trains us to deceive ourselves, lie to ourselves that we are, you know, so that we're just kind of really um, awakening to. Mm. And you do mm-hmm. coaching too. Do you, how how are you reprogramming a subconscious mind to align? With- I don't I don't do coaching. Um, but for me, you know, um, I was always a personal development junkie, and okay. I would go, you know, many many years ago, I was like addicted to jumping to like all these different personal development events and. Um, you know, and you come home and also the seminars and workshops and trainings and the courses yeah, and stuff. Me too. And me too. You learn all of these fabulous techniques, but you know, for me it was always, and I think with most people, this is why, you know, sometimes the personal development community gets a bad rap, is people just hoard the information, like just hoard it and they don't implement. Um so I just found ways to make it fun to implement, you know, like. I, well, first off, it was a real journey for me to actually just do like the real true self-care in terms of the stuff, like in terms of really taking care of my face and really doing those hot baths. Like Mm -hmm. I had, it took me a long time to actually just start taking long hot baths. I had this big, huge, like a a big, huge jacuzzi tub, you know, all, and I would never really go in it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. in the beginning, um, I just remember how long ago was this Rita? Let's have some context. When you um, discovering the need. <laughs> 2009, you know, 2009. I, yeah, I had acquired, I had this, yeah. I, I, so I had, yeah, I had this big, huge, and I would never really go into it. Um, because I just want to know, I don't, I just think I maybe just my programming code was always fixated on work, 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 you know, it was always been ambitious. Did you have a corporate job at that time? Um, I did. I had a corporate job uh, at that time. And so, and then after work, um, you know, it's either like a bit of rest and relax it. And I remember just, it was always like, okay, like throwing a dinner party or just being around friends or just distracting myself for myself um, because that's what you do. You, you be with friends all the time. Right. And, and I just, I, you know, and I, I never really invested in, in terms of taking those long hot baths or even really taking care of my skin with good, I'd always buy cheap products. Like looking back, um, you know, and then when I finally started finding stuff, like really, you know, good stuff for my skin and really started hitting the, the tub, um, and I was like, why didn't I do this before? You know, like, oh. what was right? so I did had, you, did you reach a health point? Was there a health crisis? Like, why did you start like 
all of a sudden taking baths and, and buying good products, what shifted in you? Do you think? Um, I think, well, I was wanting to really commit to my meditation practice. Number one, like on a daily basis. And it was difficult when, you know, our lives are very busy, especially when technology has amplified the pressures and business of our lives, right? It, it just has it. You know, if you're, doesn't matter, even if you're not a business owner, okay. It's like your social media following is now a part of, you know, what kind of job you're going to get, because they do look at your social media followers now. Um, especially if you're in a marketing, if you're in a marketing role, or if you're in a role that relates to, you know, because you, that helps promote the company that you work for. I mean, my God, anyone who lives in Los Angeles, like to even, you know, even to get into a club, it's like influencers are, <laughs> to, you know, to get into the, even into a restaurant, you know, if you're an influencer, it's really quick to get in uh, to the hottest place, right? It, it's becoming like mandatory to be busy with social media, even if you're not a business owner. Um, oh my gosh. I'm so naive. I didn't realize that, you know, influencers got to the top of the line and <laughs> into restaurants and everything. Yeah. Um, and even like music festivals sometimes, I don't know. It's like, because they want, they just, you know, they obviously want exposure <laughs> to their, yeah. to their venue. Um, you know, so what I'm trying to say is, you know, like, we all know social media's work. You got to make a post every, you know, it's, you're, you're, you're opening your life up to, to, um, to the public. There's, I mean, it's more pressure. We're living in a, in a day and age where we are having more pressure, um, you know, taking your work home like due to the laptop, you know, your boss can text you anytime, you know, yeah. and it's no longer nine to five anymore. And I'm trying to say is, you know, if you're, it's so easy to just get locked into work, 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 and not really deal with the stress and just ignore it. And then, you know, for me, I remember just going home and like, you know, making my meal and doing the laundry or doing whatever I needed to do. And just maybe to unwind, I'll watch, you know, uh, Netflix or whatever for a bit or talk to a friend and hit the sheets. Right. And that's not a healthy way to deal with stress because you're just shoving it under the carpet and it just builds and builds and it leads to a whole range of self-sabotaging behaviors and also burnout. Like we're seeing this right now, like a lot of famous YouTubers um, that are in the Gen Z arena, maybe some millennials too, but they are now, you know, promoting not to have friends and stay home and, you know, like. Like this is something that is like they're wearing with the badge of honor um, because I, I don't know, for a whole host of reasons, I was, I would imagine, right. They just want to, they now peace is being valued, like inner peace, wow. like they just live the life of inner peace. And this is how they feel like this is, they can achieve it. Um, there's one YouTuber, she's actually really transparent as to her background, as to she does, you know, she, she lived in a narcissistic home and now she doesn't, she's just always alone. And this is probably why she's a great YouTuber is she's just so comfortable with the camera and, and really, um, you know, articulating her life and her thoughts to the viewers and the viewer. And obviously, 
there's a huge audience that can relate to this, right? That, so I'm just saying that we need to deal with this. We need to learn how to release stress in healthy ways. We need to like self-examine ourselves um, in order to really be healthy and have inner peace and joy, right? So um, maybe she's just doing that. This might be a phase in her life so that she can self-examine herself you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to speak for her, but you know, this is, this is what I'm seeing. You know, I'm seeing a trend here in our younger generation. And we have to question that, like what, what's going on? Like, why is there this huge movement now to, uh, basically self-isolate, right? So interesting, but she's seeing it and, and maybe you're implying that it's healthy because, if she's hanging out with friends that she's attracting maybe the wrong friends or she can create more inner peace um, at home and, and just have her own life and show it on YouTube. Yeah. So she does, I think this is the reason. So she actually does, show, she showcases everything. Like she even showed, she talks about um, her toxic friendships and, um, she she's even talks about the dates that she goes on that like they're just nightmares and da-da. so <laughs> I'm sure she gets a lot of attention yeah, she, and we all and it, so I think yeah I don't know I just think that I do know she's been open about her she's grown up she's had narcissistic abuse so the only thing I can think, I think it's uh, healthy for people when you are trying to break patterns of behavior that you do need that time alone to recognize how it has patterned you, how it's programmed you in order to stop the programming and reprogram yourself, to reparent yourself, to show yourself love. So that's what I did. I spent a lot of time alone. I incorporated, um, you know, I have a background in neuralistic programming and I, you know, all these, I'm just going to chalk it up to personal development. And there's techniques that you can do to reprogram your mind and the minute I start doing my facials, committed to a regular skincare routine in my bath, that's when I did my techniques. I made it fun. And I combined it with my, self, my female fun self-care practices. So I was killing two birds with one stone. And I was able to identify limiting beliefs, identify um, stuff that I was attracting into my life and replaying out over and over again due to mm -hmm. familiar patterns of behavior, familiar, just familiarity from. Mm. So that's really insightful of you. That's really deep. I mean, that's a deep, deep distressor because a lot of times people don't realize that that could be causing them stress in their life. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, if you were basically imprinted upon, and I would say most of us obviously, you know, did have some, we grew up in, um, you know, uh, households where the parents were not capable of showing emotional support or acts of love. They just didn't have the capacity of it due to their emotional immaturity and their childhood traumas and generational stuff being passed down. Like, you know, um, you know, most of our, I'm a millennial. So my parents are baby boomers and their parents served in the war. So 
um, their fathers. So my grandfathers served in the war. And so it's just, you know, so therefore this generational trauma of like all of these fathers coming home from the war and, you know, bringing that trauma onto the household because they're traumatized. They have PTSD from the war. So, and, you know, it just kind of trickles. And I think our generation is just kind of like, okay, we want to stop this. And, um, you know, so we're just, this is, you know, this is why a lot of talk around generational trauma is being discussed now in the mainstream personal development community. So that's so amazing. I, Cause I feel like, you know, that trauma is obviously not our fault, but I do feel like it's our responsibility to heal that, to, to heal that now in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that we can like, you know, if we choose to have children, we're not going to pass it down to our children. So, you know, I think it's, so many variables to it, but I think it's most importantly, it starts with us, starts with self-examination and that does require, you know, we can't always be distracting ourselves. And I think that's uncomfortable for most people. And so, um, you know, and I think the ones that get it, you know, they are like, okay, I'm going to, you know, they finally had enough and they want to be able to like be free from their negative emotions of reacting, getting triggered from the original trauma. So whenever a situation, whenever you're in a situation or meet a person that reminds you of a particular, the original trauma, it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be these huge traumas either. It doesn't have to be like involving physical violence. It could just be little things that was said to you as a child or something that made you feel uncomfortable or upset or sad. Um, or insecure. And so, you know, we're going to, if you're holding on to those things on an unconscious level and you're not consciously aware of it, you're, you're going to just literally recreate it over and over again, because you're going to interpret um, the situation as if you're, as if it was the original situation from when you were eight or 10 or whenever it was. So it's really important that we self-examine ourselves in order to clear it out. And it does require self-examination. And also and so you did that, you were able to do that and clear that in your life. Yeah, I, it took a long time. You're not going to lie. It's not a magic thing. <laughs> it's not like in one session. Um, Except because- for if you work with me, I do that. <laughs> I do healings for that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, because and I, and I did do breakthrough sessions. I did have NLP, uh, right. And it's still like, I, I mean, they were helpful in the beginning, but it's like an onion. It's like, you really have to, because what happens is, and I believe, um, you know, if you look at the way we're, we're, we grow up in society, we're conditioned to lie to ourselves. <laughs> we are, we're, to put we're up a front. <laughs> we're conditioned not to trust our intuition um, in the sense of like, just when you look at the way our, like we grow up and we're lied to, like there's a Santa Claus and there's a truth fairy. Now, um, like look at, like we need to look at that. Like your child, you know, we're being, we accept that. And I think too, like when I was growing up, well, my mother, she was horrible, first of all, at mm-hmm. pretending about the Santa Claus thing. And I just kind of frick, I really, I just like, okay, like I know there's no Santa. I think, I think she's trying and I, I quickly, I, and she didn't really make a fight about it either. She just was like, 
no, there's this, like she, she was horrible at trying to, anyways. So, but that was a gift for me because I was able to trust my intuition too. My intuition got stronger as a result. So if your child is picking up on, I don't think there's a Santa and you, and you know, because the culture's, you know, saying, oh, you're destroying the magic of childhood. So you're going to like, no, no, there's a Santa Claus. And you're, <laughs> what is that mess? What are you telling your child to not trust their intuition? You're gaslighting your child, right? So, um, you know, what's the implications of that as you grow up? Like, and that's just one example. We have many um, in society that kind of indirectly trains us to not really trust our intuition. Mm. And like maybe school, traditional school, because you have to trust the teacher and, and just like authoritative parenting, like all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think the, you know, so we have to basically, I, for me, it's just really important once you recognize, um, like if you don't do self-care, what message is, is sending to you indirectly? It's sending mm. that you're not worth it, right? Yeah. So I want to get into, okay, go ahead. Finish that thought. That, that's why I'm such a big advocate for self-care too. Like it's not just about having glowing skin uh, when you're, you know, committing to a skincare routine mm-hmm. or being long, hot baths. It's also an opportunity. Like, for example, when I take care of my skin, because I'm using all natural products, it's calming my nervous system down. And I get, I do an affirmation. That's when I do my affirmation work. I'm already in the mirror anyways. So I do my affirmations. My body's already calm down because it's very soothing when you're putting a facial mask on or any application on your face. Very soothing. It calms your nervous system down. So, and you're taking care of yourself and it feels good. Like when I, when I committed to self-care, like it was like my skin's glowing, my hair looks good. I look younger and it feels good. And you're, I'm sending a message that I'm worth this. And you You look amazing by the way, and you're glowing from the inside out too. So I think it's part of that releasing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was going to ask you what your routine was. So can you talk about how you take care of yourself? Um, what your routine is? Yeah, sure. So, um, I, when I wake up, I definitely, I do my skin. I love, I'm addicted to skincare. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's a healthy addiction. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm addicted. It's like, especially for days, like I maybe don't have time to take a long half bath, hot bath. And so when I take a long bath, that's when I meditate as well. They go hand in hand for me. And, uh, because the, you know, my, the products using all natural products, it just, it's very soothing and it's like a vacation in a jar. It's just, it's really soothing. And so, yeah, I'm addicted to, I just, I just love the feeling of like, so my skincare routine um, I do my affirmation as I'm doing my skincare routine to perfect way to set your day. My favorite affirmation, like a, my default affirmation, if I don't have a particular, um, you know, goal for the day or week is, you know, every day in every way I'm getting better and better every day in every way I'm getting better and better. Um, so that's what I'll, I, my default affirmation is. And you're looking at them in the mirror at yourself when you say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
And then some days I'll meditate before I start my day. And some days I'll meditate in the evening. It just depends on how I feel. And sometimes my schedule, like depends if I wake up and I have a meeting like right away and I'll jump into like work after my skincare routine. Um, that's flexible based on my day. So it's either in the morning I'll meditate before I start my day or in the evening. It just, that's just flexible based on the day. So that's pretty much and my, obviously I brush my teeth and, um, yeah. And I, and I jump into work typically afterwards. So that's in the evenings, some days I'll do a bath, a long hot bath. Some evenings I won't, I'll just meditate. Um, I do journaling some days where I, it's reflection, um, gratitude. And a lot of time I'll just say my gratitude's out in the air. I'll think it, you know, um, and writing out my goals. I always write out my goals because that really helps to really be clear and it's something something magical really it really helps when you write it out and say it as well but writing it out um you really it helps with like the the, the wiring of your mind it's something magical when you put pen to paper so that's typically my um routines okay, routine <laughs> so uh, I just want to get a little more specific like what do you use products from your website? Do you make them? Like, how did you discover what worked best for your skin? So for my facial masks, I use products from my website. Do you want to uh, say what specific products if people want to? Yeah. So I use my two favorite products. I have, we have a, a Rasu. I use the Rasu clay mask. I pretty much, I'm addicted to that. I use that daily. And then some days I'll use the, we have a, um, a green smoothie for your, for your face. Oh, and, that sounds like fun. Yeah. And, um, and it's all, they're all hundred percent natural. In fact, the green smoothie, uh, they're all, it's basically, it really is like a smoothie. Um, and you put on your face with all the green, all the greens, and you have to put in the fridge though, after you open it, because it's all natural, there's no preservatives. And um, the Rasu clay mask is all natural as well. And there's no preservatives. So those are my two faves that I love using daily. And are they organic and where are they manufactured? Like, how do you find these products? They're organic and they are manufactured in the USA. Mm -hmm. in the U S. Oh, okay. Awesome. And, um, and what about exercise? How, when do you squeeze in exercise in your day? So I sometimes like if I listen to a podcast and sometimes I'm on clubhouse, I'll jump on my stepper. Um, Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'll do my stepper while I'm listening to podcasts. I consider clubhouse a podcast because I, you know, you can be listen only mode. Yeah. And like a, it's really like a podcast because everyone's basically doing the same thing, talking the same way, essentially as a podcast, except that yeah. there's multiple voices jumping in to. Yeah. I love that. I hadn't thought of that before. It's like a group podcast, really. Yeah. Cause it's an educate, it's basically educational because they're still learning from your, they're all, everyone's kind of contributing what they've learned to the group discussion, just and whereas a podcast traditionally is either one person or two people sharing their in their in, their intelligence, right? What they've learned, their their experiences. 
Yeah. So what do you believe happens when we start to take care of ourselves? So, yeah, like I mentioned prior, you know, you're sending a message to your subconscious that you are worth it. Um, because I will say from my personal experience, I will, I, you know, when I wasn't really taking care of myself, it was due to, you know, self-worth issues. Um, you know, I was a codependent, um, you know, I didn't recognize these things. I didn't even recognize I had self-worth issues. Yeah. I was um, going to say, <laughs> did you, were you even aware of that? Yeah. You're going to wear, cause it was again, like these are things that are society doesn't really teach us you know what I picked I didn't realize I did at all I didn't think I had self-worth issues because you know I just I always liked the way I looked right I always thought oh well you know because I was perform you know you're you're just I'm doing what everybody else is doing (laughs) yeah yeah I'm participating in society right I didn't know what that looked like I didn't realize that it was more deeper than that right Mm when you're in, again, it's why it's so essential to, you know, do personal, like learn about personal development and do personal development work and and self-examine and have that alone time and stop distracting ourselves from ourselves. And, um, that's only, that's only when we're truly going to be real with ourselves. Also being real with ourselves is also really hard due to the societal conditioning. Yeah. Um, You know, so I think we're in a moment of time from what I'm seeing. It is being discussed more than it ever has before. I think we still have a long ways to go that people are starting to realize that, you know, it's really a muscle that we have to like learn to be really real with ourselves. You know, it starts with ourselves. And um, because we have this ego and the part of the ego's job is to make us feel good. and you know, and we'll, and we have self-defense mechanisms that we've developed. Um, this is why a lot of people don't want to do the inner work, you know, the personal development work, um, because they don't want to face it. Why face it when they can just Mm -hmm. pretend like, you know, I didn't have anything that happened to me or it's a lot easier and just get busy with life. It's so true. I tried to do that for my mom, but, um, yeah, she did not want to face that the past. So why did you start happy being well? And, um, what does that mean? Yeah. So for a lot of reasons, (laughs) oh my goodness. Oh, a lot of reasons. And I think, you know, even when I was back in my corporate days, um, and what'd you do in corporate marketing? I was working. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when I would get so excited about, you know, doing my finally jumping on the bag wagon of self-care and I was at, you know, addicted to taking long hot baths and I would share, you know, how to create an amazing bath with uh, my coworker, my female coworkers. And they, and then they would always, a lot of them never took baths. Like even, you know, even my female friends, like they'd have these great, again, big, luxurious jacuzzi tubs. Um, and I were visiting, I'm like, oh, do you, oh my God, you have any, do you go in there? And my girlfriend would be like, no, not really. <laughs> I'm like, I was beginning to discover that not a lot of girls, again, she came, you know, I think she actually just went back. She just went back to corporate because she was busy 
raising her two young boys. Um, and I just feel like not a lot of women do take, I think it, again, from my experience, you know, just always just, I just me busy trying to win corporate accolades. Um, and busy with uh, preparing for dinner parties or whatever. Um, I, I, I just feel like we're not really trained to take, to really take care of ourselves. I don't know. I, that, that was my experience. Like, I remember that was, I remember realizing, oh, not all female like, are, are really indulging in, you know, truly uh-huh. self. So, so when did you start it? How long ago? Uh, I think it was happening in phases. Like first okay. I was just into the skincare and then, and then, well, and then bass and then more so into this, like I started like, it was like a build up process of really investing into really taking care of myself. So goodness, I'm going to say like, I remember I started discovering like taking luxurious hot baths maybe like in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 2015. That's awesome. Yeah. And where do the yoga pants fit in? So I'm a big meditator and I do yoga when I do yoga classes. Sometimes I'll do like yoga at home too, like the basic, not a, I'm not an advanced yogi, but I'll do my basic poses. Yeah. Um, or sometimes my, when my niece visits, I do yoga with her and it's funny. Yeah. She's little and she knows yoga. I taught her yoga. And yoga so she- is a great distressor. If anyone's yeah. never tried it, it's, it's incredible. I mean, there's all types of yoga, right? There's the yin yoga where you can just like completely relax. And there's all different types of yoga, Kundalini where it increases the energy. So explore yoga if you're stressed for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a great, um, it's a great way for people who are having difficulties meditating to yeah, start right. yoga to, to kind of help train the mind to kind of kind of get into because it gives you a taste of meditation because you have to concentrate in order to stay in the pose and if you have a really great yoga teacher I've had some really great yoga teachers that I've been blessed with they're really I don't know they're, I think they're I don't know I, I rare to find when you find them like they're a blessing that when you go through the poses they actually explain to you the benefits of the pose what it does to you know for the body to physiological benefits. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Isn't it? What it does to the organs, It completely releases and balances you. It's incredible. And like, they actually really, you know, we really find the yoga instructor, they really teach you how to make sure you can the correct posture. Mm-hmm. Um, so the breath work, like the importance of breathing a certain way when you're doing a certain pose, they do they, it is important. Um, and, you know, and the psychological benefits of it too. I remember one yoga teacher, I was doing warrior pose and he would say smile. And then once we realized the difficulty of doing that, he would explain why and he would be laughing. So it just kind of like, they, it is like, it kind of helps you um, kind of tune more into your psychology too. A yeah. little bit. It, it's just a good little... Yeah. And like, again, in order to stay in those poses, you have to concentrate. So it starts to train the mind, um, mm-hmm. to concentrate. You and know. so you were doing yoga. So you wanted yoga pants to go with your yoga. Yeah. Like once I started getting into yoga pants, and finding 
cute like yoga pants. It just made me, inspired me to want to meditate or just do any type of physical activity. Yeah. Either it was going to a yoga class or jumping on my stepper or taking a walk around the block, you know, um, or going to the gym. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really been to the gym in a long time due to the, what, what's been going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. the, right. I would want to, it would, it would just inspire me. It would just get, yeah. Well, I'm inspired by, by you and your incredible company. I mean, I, I teach meditation and I'm spiritual and I've partnered with another healer to do a clothing line. So you are a model for us for yeah. sure. Everything yeah. that you're offering. I mean, the breadth of what you offer is like so much more. So everybody check out her website, happy being well. And do you have any testimonials from your clients? I do. They're all on the website um, and on our Instagram page. Um, yeah, it's on the homepage of our website. We have customer reviews. There are real customer reviews. You can even click on their uh, Instagram handles. Their Instagram handles are clickable. If you're on desktop, I know they're clickable. Not sure about mobile, business and mobile, um, or just copy and paste it and you'll see it's the real person. <laughs> These are real people giving customers. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great to get that. Yeah. So, um, what is Zen success to you? Zen success. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's basic for me, it's clarity and inner peace that leads to empowerment. Oh, I love it. What a clear, concise definition. It's been such a pleasure connecting with you and learning more about your incredible company, Happy Being Well, and everything you've done to get to this point. So I'll put your website in the show notes. Any last words for our audience? Be happy being well. (laughs) Yay! On that note, have a great day, Rita. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Your audience can use, they can get 25% off all leggings using code podcast25 and free shipping in the USA. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm going to take you up on that offer. All right, Rita. Thank you so much for offering that. Well, thanks for having me here. It's been a blast. I had fun talking with you. I always have fun talking with you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Rita. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Zen Success. I would love to get your feedback at zensuccesspodcast.com on what topics you'd be most interested in and what Zen success is to you. Thanks for listening.